millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. I've just remembered something we didn't do in the show. Uh-oh. We said we were going to do a preview of uh, TakeOver Blackpool. Ah, oh, but we keep forgetting it's a thing. <laughs> um, there was a uh, very nasty comment left for you on, was on, on yesterday's Wrestle Ramble. Um, there was oh, a, please tell me. For, I well, love I'm, getting nasty I'm not, not going to do it because I'd have to find it again. But it was full of a lot of expletives because you did not like because you said you don't like NXT UK. I well, I did say that, but that was in jest. Yeah, but some people don't uh, hear that. I haven't watched it. <laughs> I can't possibly comment on it. People don't hear the jest; they just hear that Ollie Davis hates wrestling. I just and think, he's British and he's an idiot. I just find it wholly uninspiring. I do, I'm not like it's like my favorite band has. Uh, has has gone and completely changed their sound and as as catchy as some of the the new stuff is it sounds so overproduced i don't like it anymore fair enough for them mm-hmm. like i'm not i'm not holding it against people who want to go to the big thing and get all the the, the secured guaranteed money but for me there's too much wrestling anyway i'd prefer to watch stuff that isn't in the wwe bubble yeah yes which i think is fair enough well, so, we should, but we should, because we thought it was the week after, didn't we? Yeah, but that's because that's what Datsun had told us. Datsun yeah. told us it was next Saturday. Nice it's not, Randy. It's, it's this Saturday. So do you want to, because we have to do our predictions anyway. Mm-hmm. Should we just do them now? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is an exclusive for you uh, then as podcast All listeners. Right, so you can hear at least me and Ollie Davis do our predictions um, and then Laurie will also record, not record his, but he'll jot them down onto a piece of paper and give them to, to Randy Datsun. Yeah, so we've got uh, five matches here. Travis Banks versus Jordan Devlin. Discount Finn Balor. Mm. I mean, both guys are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Banks, though, in my opinion, is so much better. I think Travis Banks is, is absolutely amazing to see live. Yeah, he's really, really awesome. But I'm going to go with Devlin. On are that you one. really? I am, yeah. Just in case Balor goes to AEW, they're thinking, <laughs> maybe no one will notice. He's their Jay White. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going Banks. You make, can you make a note of this? Because oh, <laughs> you're going to get back and forget. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, for Or we could just say to Randy, listen, listen to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Hang on, hang on Luke. Uh, Dev Lynn. Yeah, what's next? Um, then we've got a no DQ match between Dave Mastiff and Eddie Dennis. 
I know very little about the storylines story going yeah. into this. When you say very little, you mean zero? I mean, I know there's been a tournament. Has there? For the tag team titles to crown oh, them. Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you meant for this match. Oh, not this. Yeah, I don't know anything about this one. Uh, wow, of all the people on here, Dave Mastiff is the only one without a clickable hyperlink to his Wikipedia profile. That's a shame. Does he have one? You would, you'd have thought know. he would do. It's been around long enough. Dave yeah. Mastiff. The bastard. Dave yeah, it's Mastiff. Shame he doesn't have that name anymore. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have a Wikipedia page. No. Come on, people. Like I know that people have Wikipedia pages for farts. Like, let's give poor old Dave Mastiff a Wikipedia page. Do I have a Wikipedia page? <gasps> do you oh, really? Oh, no, I don't. Oh. Loads of other people called Ollie Davis do. Ollie Davis actor, Oliver Davis composer, and apparently there's an American football player. Uh, yeah, so if someone can sort that out for me, yeah. I can't write this so narcissistic you don't want to write your own own. one yeah Uh, choose a good photo god I don't care about this one Um, Dave Mastiff yeah I was going to go with Mastiff as well the guy without the clickable Wikipedia entry in fact actually I've changed my mind I'm going to go Dennis wow we're we're completely different at the moment. Well, this is how, this is how we try to like expand the table out a little bit because it's so close at the moment. Yeah. Like, we just need to pick the opposites. So we're tied at, at twenty three. No, 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 no. no. Uh, Laurie and I are tied oh. at twenty eight, and you're at the bottom of the table with twenty seven. Damn it! Well, it's still pretty close. Well, you're still bottom though. When you say bottom of the table, we've got a larger table with all the writers. Yeah. For WrestleTalk. And you're currently fourth in that. You're joint fourth in that. Yeah, so that's pretty good. That's not bottom of the table. Out of us three, I yeah. think you should say bottom of the three. Okay. Bottom of the three, of that's the three. where I am. Yeah. I'm second. You're third winner. I'm next from top. <laughs> right. What's next? Uh, Pete Dunne, who is, of course, Do the UK champion. the main event? That will be I'm the main event doing of the show. this in the order okay Rhea Ripley champion Mm -hmm. versus Tony Storm a rematch of course from their final UK Women's Championship Uh, I'll I'll go with this off the bat I'm going to go with Ripley genuinely in my head I thought wasn't this pre-taped no it's a a takeover (laughs) it's happening live (laughs) yeah I'll go Ripley too I think it's too early to take the title off of her yeah and they really like her Mm. Uh, what's next? The tag titles, I'm guessing. Moustache Mountain, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate versus grizzled young veterans, Zach Gibson and James Drake. Do, they, do they have clickable teams. links? Yep, they've all got they've all got clickable links. So James Drake's got one, but poor old Dave Mastiff Oh, Mastier no, hasn't. James Drake doesn't. Okay. And neither does grizzled young veterans as a tag team name. Yes. Moustache Mountain do. Yeah. Um, WWE, I, isn't it? So I'm going to go Gibson and Drake. I was going to do the same thing. I'm also going to go for the grizzled young vets because I think think they have... I think there's more value in putting the tag titles on them than there is Mustache Mountain. I think that the the chase is better for Mustache Mountain than just winning the belts. Agree. And the upside of having Gibson as a champion. Like, he is so, so good. He's good anywhere, but particularly wrestling in the UK, he can get so much heat purely based on the fact... Of where he comes from. Yeah. It, we actually said yesterday... Liverpool's number, number one, one. Zach Gibson. Like, uh, we were talking on the SmackDown review about best talkers in the industry. I didn't think to say Zach. Because yeah. Zach's so good. He's got. He's had some of my favourite lines in any promo. 
that I've ever I've heard mm. at, at wrestling events. He's so funny, and he's such a good wrestler as well. Like, he, he he is a complete package. That tag so. match we saw at um, Fight Forever oh, was great. absolutely awesome, which was Grizzled Young Vets versus Flash Morgan Webster and Travis, Travis Banks. Banks. Yeah, that was so good. He looks like Jay from the Inbetweeners. <laughs> and we all start going, friend, friend, friend. You think that's funny? This is what's wrong with wrestling today. <laughs> um, and finally, for the UK title, Pete Dunne versus Joe Coffey. I mean, you want to start hot, don't you, with your first takeover event. You want your big time main event right there. So Joe Coffey's, I do know a bit about this. Joe Coffey's got his little faction going. I might actually watch heel. this week's NXT UK because they have got a six-man tag of Gallus versus British Strong Style. I, I mean, I, I'll watch this show. I, I'm sure I'll be entertained. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Something about NXT UK that I, just rubs me the wrong way. I offered to come in and do a review, and you said, no. It's you not financially you worth it. You literally scoffed and said, no. For, because you would have to miss time in the week for to make up for that and would have to pay an editor to make a video that will probably do 20,000 views in January Yeah, when no one pays for advertising. It's not worth it. I'm going to go, surprisingly, with Pete Dunn. Same I'm here, going out, I'm mate. going out there. <laughs> going out on a limb. You don't think that Joe Coffey is the man to take the belt off of Pete Dunn? I don't, not, not now. No, maybe next month. <laughs> Well, that seemed like that was, I was rather scornful um, predictions there. This is why we didn't do it as a video, I guess, yeah, because we, because NXT UK fans would have watched it and would have just been very scornful about the whole thing. Lot of I shade. actually think this will be quite a fun show. Oh, yeah, of course. It it'll will. be a tremendous show because it's I, we didn't say this. We, we, we talk a lot about TNA in the show that you're about to hear and sort of like the co- comparisons between TNA and AEW. And we, I, I didn't say it in that review in that uh, podcast, but there, but I'm going to say it now. TNA at a point even though they had like not the best booking at times they were still putting on very good shows because the level of talent that they had it would almost be impossible to put on a bad show mm. it's the same with NXT at the moment like we kind of we don't criticize Triple H a little bit but we say like he's not this great sort of wrestling mind perhaps oh I think he is well, yeah no but we sort of say that he is you would trust Cody and the Bucks to run a promotion than you would over Triple H that was no, what you I, said I, would, I would trust them to make something different Okay. More than Triple H. Yes. I think he's in the WWE mind. But the point I was going to make about Triple H and NXT is that with that level of talent, like the re- there's a reason why TakeOver shows are amazing. is because you've got some of the best talent in the world and you literally say, go out and have some of the best matches. And mm. they do. It's, it's impossible to have a bad TakeOver because your talent is too good to have one. Well, I but there's that, and the finishes are so good, and the booking's so good. So I, I think it is. It's more than more than just the talent in the ring. Uh, but it's the same with this. It, it is going to be in a very good show. Yeah. Um, well, I tell you what, we'll go into that show now. Now that we sort of set it up, so we are going to be talking about AEW uh, and uh, potential war against WWE. But let's let's temper some of our hopes, and then we'll talk about it, and then get really excited by the end. Here's the show. Because we're going to talk about all the exciting things that happened on Tuesday night with the rally for AEW, still not the easiest acronym to say, and all the big signings, some that were expected, some that, you know, were kind of surprising and very welcome announcements, and how all of the stuff, not just like the names that have joined, but also the, what I think is the low-key, more important stuff. Mm-hmm. Like unionization and healthcare. Did you work? Yes, and all that, and Tony Khan and, and the amount of money being plum, uh, 
put into this to compete with WWE. And, and I suppose that's the, the key to this. Is it going to compete with WWE? Because I was, I was thinking about this a lot over the last 24 hours or so, in that AEW is so exciting. Like, I put out a tweet the other day saying, like, the, the stacked rosters that you've got in WWE, NXT, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact, AEW, Rev Pro, Progress, all over the world. Like, it is such a great time to be a wrestling fan. And 2019 is set to be a really exciting year to be a fan of the sport of professional wrestling because we've got all this excitement around AEW and that rally. Like um, we said in the SmackDown review, I really enjoyed SmackDown. I thought it was a great show. But I watched the rally afterwards um, and I was just like, God, man, it's just really fun to be a wrestling fan at the moment. It's really, really cool. But, and I don't want to come across as the cynical type, can or will, uh, it's not the right word, I suppose. What What I'm saying is that is the excitement about AEW just within the wrestling bubble? Mm. And are we, as wrestling fans, overhyping what AEW might be able to achieve because we are within that wrestling bubble rather than sort of looking at it on a grander landscape? It's, it's a very interesting question. And that is, I, I like, AEW is kind of the peak, or like, maybe it's not the peak, maybe it's the start of a... a an even larger trend but for the last 10 years you know at the with all the john cena dissatisfaction this all this stems back to when wwe in my head i guess it stems all the way back to wcw when that company died and wwe didn't have any competition and got very complacent and sort of doubled down on all the bits that don't satisfy the older quote, smarter wrestling fan, you know, so not kids, really. And that's where you get the John Cena stuff. And and you, I think that that scene with, like, the ECW crowd and adults liking wrestling went to the indies. And that's where you get stuff like Progress, where Ring of Honor came from, and all these great things. And the early days of Impact, or yeah, TNA. Yes, yeah. And, and now the current days of Impact, because I yeah. feel like it's sort of, you know, gone back to its fundamental mm-hmm. uh, good stuff. But the question has always been, this is something that we all love. And in my, I mean, not in my heart. Yeah, in my heart, my head kind of is the one going, whoa, calm down there, Ollie's heart. Mm -hmm. In my heart, I'm like, if only we got a chance to prove this style of wrestling, adult style of wrestling, just like in the Attitude Era, where it's really great in-ring product, storylines that don't insult you, intriguing characters, and just, like, I think a lot of people... It would burst into the mainstream, and it would be the cool thing. You kind of seen that with the Bullet Club T-shirts. I guess that is the the biggest metric outside of wrestling that people who don't necessarily watch wrestling mm-hmm. will wear a Bullet Club T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. So, but we've never got the chance. So there is the possibility that this thing that we all love and we've been saying for ten years, we just need a chance. Give me a chance, and then we get the chance. This looks like it is the chance, especially that you know it seems very hopeful around TV deals. And then when it happens, it might not work. Because maybe the reason there's this is because there's a thing called the internet. And the internet allows loads of niches around the world to connect. And it feels like it's a really big thing because you've got, you know, 150,000 views and a video on YouTube. But really, that's a spread 
thin over the world and in one country it's, it needs to be a bit more localised than that. Yeah, I, I would certainly look to the uh, TNA 2010 era of when Hogan and Bischoff came in, like 20, 2009, 2010, and I, I was like the biggest TNA fan in the mm. world. And when Hogan and Bischoff came in, I was there going like, it's the Monday Night Wars all over again. This is WWE versus TNA. I was, I hated the WWE product. Absolutely hated it. it I was made, there with you. I, and I was like, I jumped across to TNA in 2004, five and six. And I was like, this is my this is my product now. This is what I'm watching. And then there were certain things in there, like when Russo came back and it was starting to become a bit of a lesser good product. And you're like, mm, this isn't quite as fun to watch anymore. But when Hogan and Bischoff came in, you're like, man, this is it. This, this is the rocket this, fuel. This is the rocket fuel, exactly. And like they were on prime time on Spike and you were like, all they need to do, all they need to do is go to Monday nights. They just need to go to Monday nights and compete with WWE. And that is when all these wrestling fans that we lost from the Attitude Era are going to come back. They're going to see these faces that they recognize. And that's when the, the shift is going to turn and WWE are really going to have to try and put on a better product. And what happened was... Everyone just still watched WWE and Impact's ratings just com- just dropped and dropped and dropped as week by week until that, that war lasted mm. a- about six weeks. And really, in, in the end, it was a totally failed experiment. And the reason why we all bought into this idea that TNA could compete with WWE is because we were just in that wrestling bubble where we were all telling each other, man, all TNA needs a chance. So, uh, yes, that's that. And I was there. So, like, I, I guess a lot of people watching this and living through AEW might be a bit younger. They haven't had their hopes and dreams <laughs> crushed <laughs> by bad business practices and the logical booking. Yeah. And, that you know, that's rife in in the world of wrestling. I think TNA's, pro- TNA's problem back in 2010, mm-hmm. they had that they had that initial bubble of interest that. It was January 4th, oh, I January remember. 4th, yeah, when they went head-to-head. Yeah. Head. It was the first time they went head-to-head head with them. And WWE panicked, because that was when they brought Bret Hart yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. But, like, TNA had Hogan. They had Flair. They had the unannounced, kind of questionable. Uh, but they got Jeff Hardy, a proven ratings like numbers mover. Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam. Like, all the these guys Kurt came Angle, back. Angle, Sting. Mm-hmm. They had a huge crop of stars that... As wrestling fans, we would say those are recognisable names. Yeah. But they, they did get a ratings bump, but it was not significant. It was like a little bit. Now, I think that you, they always talk about revolutions in countries and socio-political terms. You have all this upswell of support for the revolution. The revolution happens and you're like, yeah, now we're here. And they're like, oh, crap, we need to run a country. <laughs> oh, no, let's lock everyone up who disagrees with us. <laughs> and they go terribly. And I think this is, there's a similar trajectory in well, anything, really. So wrestling like this as well, where they got, they got all this stuff and then they just fell back on old habits of the, the bad stuff on, of the old regime. Now, I think... That Cody and the Young Bucks are smart enough. They are wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Like these are wrestlers, smart. Like so was Jarrett though. Jarrett's different because Jarrett's dad was a prom- Dust, uh, Dusty Rhodes. Okay, well I would say in uh, uh, so I think that is an unfair comparison that I just mm. made because when when Jerry wanted to launch TNA with Jeff, his whole ethos was just like, do not bring in any of those people that worked for WCW. Like <laughs> uh, the one thing we cannot do is do that because they run that business into the ground. And the first thing Jarrett did was bring in Russo, and Jerry was like, I'm out, mm. I'm done. And he was yeah. unfortunately quite prophetic with that, really. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a company that is still alive. It's, it is still alive, but 
has he never turned a profit? I yeah. don't turn a profit once, I believe. Mm. So I, I've got faith in the Young Bucks and Cody yes. because they are really, especially the Bucks, at the forefront of this new wave of wrestler. Like you sort of had Colt Cabana opened that that gate yeah. initially and then the Young Bucks really ran with it and revolutionised the way people get themselves over in a digital age. Using social media. Using social media. Merch. I like the idea that I think it's Matt Jackson is going to be the guy with Pro Wrestling Tees which I believe he co-founded. Uh, driving yeah, the, the merchandise side of AEW. Like yes that's exactly what he should be doing like hey those bullet club t-shirts that how the bucks managed to have merch out before they make merch to to sell when something goes viral yeah they're just brilliant at they're it. and just very very clever. social media in general the being the elite series the way they paid off long-term booking i've, I've got i can't it'll be i can't see how they of course when it launches it will be a learning curve but I think they're the most well-placed people in the industry to do something who know the fundamentals, but are also know enough to do something different. Yes, I would trust Cody and the Bucks over Ryback, for example, or, to it, run a wrestling promotion. I would, I would trust Cody and the Young Bucks to make something new and exciting and fresh more than I would Triple H. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree with yeah. you. Yeah, and, and you're like, but hey, Triple H has got... NXT. NXT and I well yes but that has been he, he's still ground down in that WWE mode of thinking it won't be I, wrestling needs something that's completely out the box it doesn't need WWE again which is which is one of the problems TNA fell into so uh, yeah I re I'm really hopeful for Cody and the Bucks whether AEW can compete with WWE I think maybe in five years time yes that that's that's the yeah but immediately Impact needs to be very worried Ring of Honor and NXT, really. I think you know. The, the, I don't think no anyone's going to stop watching the takeovers, but I think NXT's weekly audience could be cannibalized by AEW's weekly TV show. Yeah, I suppose it depends on when AEW's TV deal is on. Mm. Like we assume it's on a Tuesday night because they they trademarked the name Tuesday Night Dynamite, a great TV show name. And by the way. and the idea that SmackDown will it's move to Friday and Fox, yeah. and you've got that conditioned audience who yeah. always like you know we're, we're watching wrestling on tuesday they slide in there yeah which is a such a such a smart yeah, move. Brilliant. and i suppose that that really is it i think for my my kind of hopes for aew certainly in the, its fledgling years is i'm not going to be going down this trend of they're going to compete with wwe rather than it's a great alternative which is really how we should have always just been treating TNA, mm. rather than being they can be the company that competes against. They can be the new WCW. But you know, instead, you just look at AEW and be like, God, I can't wait to see what the wrestling they put on as a great alternative to watch another new TV show for us to watch, more wrestling matches for us to enjoy, as opposed to being like, man, now it's time to take down Vince McMahon and Triple H and, and really stick it to them. I don't, I don't want to see WWE taken down. No. I just want them to see. I just want them to put a better be on. shocked into doing something. Yes. they've just they've really been in second gear for eighteen years. Yeah, um, as an example of this sort of like work living within the wrestling bubble with AEW, it was and, and I as I was on my way to work yesterday, I was like, we're recording this on a Thursday. I was on such this high because I was coming off the back of the rally and a really great episode of, of SmackDown, and I was like, oh, and I get to watch NXT tomorrow. It's so like, hey, it's just brilliant being a wrestling fan, all this exciting news and everything like that. And it was I was listening to the Wrestling Observer Radio, like their report on the rally, 
And it was just something that Melt said, like just sort of really sombered me a little bit, sort of really sobered me up from this this high. Which when he said, it all depends on Google Trends. You know, that's that's when you're really going to tell if this can be something that could quote compete with WWE. He said because Google Trends, like the top 20 Google Trends, is reserved for WWE, UFC, and I think he said Bellator was the other one. No one else ever cracks that top 20. In terms of wrestling and combat sports. In terms of wrestling. So I thought I would have a look at what the Google Trends were over the last 24 hours, given that we've had the rally in Jacksonville and things like that. And even then, like, WWE, in terms of searches over the last 24 hours, is so far and above what AEW and All Elite Wrestling are getting. I would say, looking at that graph, I would say it is about 20 times larger. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't... I get the idea of, oh my God, let's not all get sucked into a bubble. I think maybe I'm not in... I, of course, I'm in that bubble, but I'm not looking at it like it's yeah. a bubble thing. This is... I think I might be looking at it from a YouTube comment perspective. No, yeah. So, like, this is a, a rally for a promotion that hasn't got TV. Mm-hmm. It's It's got a... Like, it's got Chris Jericho. That's a big name to us, but it's still, like... It's not a, a Goldberg or a Brock Lesnar or a John Cena. So, I this is... As exciting as AEW's rally was to us in the announcements, that's still so niche. That's a niche within the larger niche of wrestling news. So I wouldn't get put off by thinking, oh, AEW isn't immediately the number one Google exactly, trend yeah. or in the top 20. Exactly. Because this is so, so early days. The idea is that you build momentum and you steadily build that up. And by the end of the year, when AEW's got, like, you know, these consistently good hopefully shows and and pay-per-view events behind them then it might build up a bit more like that those sorts of metrics are interesting to look at now but really a sort of statistically misleading at least for another two years oh, i would say yeah yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> and, yeah. And, and even just like months away you want to be sort of looking at these trends and seeing like how if, you know if that metric has grown if the a- not if the wwe one has gone down but if the aew one has gone up yeah the all elite wrestling one is on the up one of the two, my two big metrics are anecdotal. So don't. I found out what anecdote means recently. It's Greek for not written down. Is that so? Anic, so not, and then dote is kind of like the verb for writing. Well, there you go. So it's it's it. Anecdotes are like valuable evidence, but yeah. not. Uh, God, they're just you, not written down. God, so you using Greek <laughs> words in a show. It's like using French words, but using French words is so passive. I've got a je ne sais quoi about <laughs> the. So my two metrics are when a wrestling fan who is like WWE doesn't care about anything Wrestle Kingdom or Impact or Ring of Honor and they like, oh, I don't care about AJ Styles. Oh, okay, I like him now a year later. He's proved himself to me in the big leagues. <laughs> yeah. When that guy, because I know loads of people like that, when that guy says to me, what's up? What's going on with this All Elite Wrestling thing? Mm-hmm. He can even get the, he can call it the wrong name. What's yeah. this being the Elite wrestling thing yeah okay that's number one because that means it's broken into a larger wrestling audience Mm -hmm. specifically wwe fans when someone who just likes sports and has never talked to me about wrestling goes what's so i hate i hear like this i remember chris jericho from my youth and he's doing this new wrestling thing what's that all about what's he up to yeah that 
that is like the moment when it would have broken into the mainstream. But we'll have to sit back and see. Yeah, well, absolutely. And, and it's when the, the rumors were starting to circulate about Goldberg possibly being a signee for AEW, I saw a lot of comments because I, I was very fascinated to see what the comments were like. Mm. And I think that's probably why I think I'm in this sort of mold at the moment because you, you read the comments and they think, and it's like, this is it. This is the moment we've been waiting for. This is what's going to take down WWE, etc. And I saw a lot of comments that would be like, but why would you sign Goldberg? Like he he's he's an he's a a wrestling he's a relic he's a dinosaur we don't need Goldberg what we need are just more of these independent stars and the answer to that is because Goldberg holds mainstream name appeal that Kenny Omega doesn't mm. or the Bucks like you know the Bucks don't either Goldberg is a name that you could probably say to a, to anyone and if you say asked a hundred people more people would know the name Goldberg than they do Kenny Omega and that is why people would, and that's why as a company you'd probably go like yeah I, I guess it makes sense for us to sign Goldberg at least like even if it was just for a year just to get the eyes on the product and then you keep people there with all the other things and that was the problem that TNA like that was the solution that TNA had which was a smart thing problem is they then just built the promotion around them yeah, yeah. rather than sort of pushing their, their homegrown talents they were just like oh well let's just bring in Steiner Booker T Sting we'll just bring in all these old timers and then just make them all the champion yeah I, I totally agree. Goldberg, I mean, you could only book him for one match and you build that yeah. and you build it up to a, a pay-per-view event where people buy, like, spend money to watch it. Uh, I think that's a, a hugely smart decision. As great as the let's double down on the indie stars and showcase the next generation of talent is, really, you, you're like, you'll hit a glass ceiling very, very quickly. What you want is to mix in these new talents with more established yeah. names. And then you use the established names to get over the new guys. You create new established names. And what, while bringing in the fan base of those established names. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, just other things. So sh should we go through the roster that's announced so far? Because it's a, like, a, I read it through and I was like, oh, you know, that's a pretty good roster. But, I mean, they can't, they can't run a TV show on it. And then I was like, they're like at least 11 months away from a TV show. This is a cracking roster yeah, for 10 like, months out. I was going to say, for like what is essentially one week's worth of business, you're doing all right for yourselves. Yeah. And that's not the... Like, okay, so Hangman Page, uh, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, so the SCU faction. That is... I mean, that is... Christopher Daniels is will be so important to that yeah. promotion as just an agent backstage, all the other bits he can do. And if they were to, say, open up a wrestling school oh, yeah. or just, like, you know, open up, not a developmental brand that they're going to run shows of, but just like, hey, do you want to come learn? You've got Christopher Daniels there to kind of pass on some of his mm. knowledge. I mean, he is a man who knows a thing or two about a thing or two. Yeah. And if you need a match with a celebrity, he's the guy. <laughs> he's the guy. Uh, pack. Former cruiserweight champion Pack. I, I, I wish he was at all in. I get that he wanted to come back at Dragon, Dragon Gate, Gate yeah. but uh, you know, it's, I, I, it would have it would have felt a lot more succinct and coherent as a as a continuity. But I, I get I get why not. I did like the image that I can't remember who it was who posted it. Now someone posted an image from Defiance where Pack was dressed exactly the same as he was at the uh, All Elite uh, rally. It's like I like that he just went from Newcastle to Jacksonville and didn't bother getting changed. No, no. But well, why would you? <laughs> he walks around without a top on most of the time. He's such a bastard. Yeah, he's he's got all the packs. Uh, Chris Jericho, easily the biggest name in yeah. terms of mainstream value. MJF, who I forgot existed. <laughs> uh, but like when I reminded myself who he was, he was in that opening main card match against Matt Cross. Yeah. I really enjoyed that match. I really... 
so apart from, I haven't seen much else, but he is a hell of a promo. Great talker. Yeah. Great, great talker. So that's a great signing. Uh, Joey Janela and Penelope Ford. Janela's injured at the moment, so he will miss double or nothing if my timelines are correct but he's a great person to have on board as well and he'll still be able to do his spring break shows and Penelope Ford like that that hardcore match between Janela and Paige at All In Penelope Ford was like the breakout star of that match aside from the Dick Druids so that's really exciting Britt Baker fine you know I I that there are only so many women in wrestling and they all seem to be signed with WWE. Yeah. That's uh, not a slight at Britt Baker. It's no, just, it's, absolutely it's hardly not. the biggest name to start with. And that's something that uh, has been brought up a lot in terms of they want to, you know, put a big sort of focus on this women's division. Uh, you know, Brandy is, is very sort of gung-ho and I think everyone really is pushing this, uh, a women's division for AEW. But the, the problem that they've got is the WWE essentially hoovered up a lot of like the, like the re, like really great, like, Mika Sad, not Mika Sad, more about Io Shirai and Kairi Sane, and like and all these sort of names that probably could have gone to AEW, they just sort of hoovered them up already for the with the May Young Classic and things mm. like that. So yeah, they are sort of like Britt Baker's probably the big name that they can get at the moment, and of course apparently Viper, who was another big name that they could have got, is also on her way to WWE. Mm. I really like Impact's women's division. I I would like. AEW to just raid Impact's women's division. Yeah, Tessa. Yeah, Tessa Blanchard is amazing. Yeah. Um, and Sue Young and Gal, of course. Absolutely. Uh, then we've got, yeah, of course, like the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes as well. Yeah. So that is and an a amazing and roster. And a, rela- a relationship with Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. Apparently, they have a very good faction within them. I was doing some reading. Yes. There's only one name that jumps out to me, which is T-Hawk. And yeah. that's because it's a character from Street Fighter. <laughs> so that could be something interesting. I think you want to c- create as many relationships like that with other promotions as possible. Because if you get that stardom hookup, boom. That's your, that's that's your ticket, women's division it? sorted. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you've written down here Billy Gunn in a producer role. He was in the... You didn't uh, mention him on the news, so I thought we'd better mention it now. Ran out of time, yeah. <laughs> uh, Laurie, it's in Laurie's news today, Thursday. But he is going to be a producer. He just looks so happy. Oh, yeah. Like the picture of him at the yeah. event. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So happy for him. And he was really good fun in the over-the-top gimmick battle royal. And, yeah, Atlas Security. Well, I only saw this this morning on PW Insider. Cody was tweeting about that Atlas Security ran the Jacksonville event. And he's just like, yeah, looking forward to working with them in the future. And it's just nice to see Atlas Security still getting work in the wrestling business. Well, they they, uh, used to do ECW shows. And a lot of... Well, they they still do a lot of sort of those kinds of events. They sort of specialize in doing wrestling events. It's very nice. And uh, on the, the rumours list of people that are signing, mm. um, obviously the two big names there are Kenny Omega, who is, said he's done with New Japan. I mean, that's that's potentially imminent. That's like end of January. Yes. We might get an announcement on that. All, all signs say he's going there. Meltzer said like it's very likely. Yeah. And Goldberg, as we've already mentioned. Tony Khan um, mm. had a quote about Goldberg. said, I've spent some time with Bill. I really like Bill a lot. And he's one of the greatest drawing cards ever in the business. He's a huge star, a household name. And yeah, if the situation was right, obviously. I haven't agreed to anything with Bill, but I like him a lot. Yeah, so he's confirming there's a relationship there. Uh, there's definitely a Twitter relationship. All in and Goldberg follow each other on Twitter. It's, it's very favorite. speculative, it's but um, yeah. How did that work out for um, John Cleese in those DC movies? After you loved that story, deleted way back scenes, when? deleted scenes. Man. <laughs> He's, he was in it. <laughs> uh, he was a voice for something. Yeah, 
animated character. You don't know. Yeah. But the the interesting thing here is not just AEW's announcement of talent. It's also what talent they might be able to poach from WWE and how. And I think key to this is all the stuff that the Bucks, Cody... Oh, no, that's a full-on thread I pulled out of my jumper. That Bucks, Cody, and the president, Tony Khan, who's, you know, the millionaire, billionaire family... whose overall worth is triple the amount of the McMahons. 6.8 billion, I believe he's worth. Mm. That's Uh, a lot of billions. They're talking about signing wrestlers as wrestlers, but also as employees. This is massive. Which is sort of front office job employees. So they can have stuff like healthcare and insurance insurance and that he's already talked about having a lighter workload because he doesn't want people to get burnt out uh, or injured and, and, and things like that injured Le- less travel which is hugely important like the, the travel schedule that WWE guys have exactly. is insane but they work like 345 days out of the year or mm. something ludicrous like that Hulk Hogan once worked 400 days a year <laughs> a legit thing Hulk Hogan once claimed he had done I like the one. Uh, my other favourite of his is that he was going to be the bassist for Metallica, mm-hmm. but had to turn them down. Yeah, and he was going to play the wrestler before Mickey Rourke took the, yeah, the role. Uh, the, the George Foreman grill was originally going to be the Hulk Hogan grill. Mm-hmm. That was the other one. So many, just so close. So <laughs> always the bridesmaid, Hulk Hogan. You've done enough. Yeah. You've done enough to rest on that. So you say he's always the bridesmaid. Though. Really, he is always the bride, but just he would rather be the bridesmaid. Mm. It's just like, you know what, brother? I've got enough on my plate. This is already. I can't have another marriage on my uh, on my schedule. So the, I think wrestlers naturally are free-spirited, creative animals. And if you're in WWE and you're The Revival, you're Ty Dillinger, even like... Zack Ryder. Uh, Zack Ryder, but up to even Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. You're, you're working for WWE. That's your dream. Like you, That was always the goal when you were young, when yeah. you were growing up in the Attitude Era. You're making good money, but you're also traveling all the time and you never get to see your family and you don't get any creative control. And the, the storylines you're generally given aren't to your tastes and your character is inconsistent and it's very frustrating and apparently there's a backstage atmosphere of tension all the time and you're walking on eggshells which apparently isn't as bad these days but definitely a history of it but you get paid like okay let's say you're kevin owens 700 grand a year Mm -hmm. i don't know and there's AEW over here they're offering you 400 grand i don't know but you don't work as much you travel far less you get you know you're going to get storylines that are more in line with your own creativity. If I was, if I'm one of those guys, it's not even. I don't even think about it. I'm like, yes, I jump ship immediately. Yeah. I'm the, as soon as my contract expires. But I, you know, I, I don't know where all these people are on their wavelength. They have families. I don't have a family. Yeah, but you can like, you're going across though to guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Although you may, oh, I mean, I'm losing 300 grand a year, but it's not like that's it's it's not like you're losing 
750 grand a year or you're taking a risk by going across there you still got that guaranteed money mm. that you're going to get you can save up your money hopefully this thing works out and also if, if you are a name like a kevin owens or a daniel bryan or an aj or a joe and you do jump across to aew that is also a move that then might start to move those metrics across because those are names that this casual wwe audience recognize yeah. and can see them going across to somewhere else and that's kind of the, the key to it, is getting those casual eyes across to your product and make more money. And then, I mean, who's the biggest mercenary in WWE? Lesnar. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, he is the I, biggest, I'm, yeah. I'm just saying, so Tony Khan, uh, that this was from Raja, so it's not, you know, 100% true, but they put a figure. Uh, everyone else, all the other reports have been, it's like, it's a huge financial investment by the Khan family. And they said $100 million. And I've got to think, for $2 million, would yeah. Brock do a match? And, and really, that is, that's chump change yeah. to, to a Tony Khan, who is worth $6.8 billion. Yeah. That really, that's literally chump change. That's me lending you a fiver. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Which actually is a lot of money to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just... Uh, that would be the biggest thing AEW could do. We, we've started. We've started this show being like, let's temper our expectations. <laughs> it's very difficult because it's so exciting. It is exciting. To not get carried away. It really and is. now I'm genuinely saying that Brock Lesnar <laughs> might go to AEW. It's and confirmed. And, and if Kevin Owens goes across, that'll move the metrics. You know why we're here? CM Punk. <laughs> Give him an actual offer. The guys, the poor guy's never got an offer. But what? <laughs> all he got was a money, uh, he got given a monetary amount and a date, and when he needed to be there, it just wasn't enough. It wasn't an offer, though. Look, texting me saying the name of the guy I'm going to face, a financial remuneration for that, down to the exact amount, when I'm going to get paid with the invoice details, that's not an it's offer not to an me. Offer. It's just it's not, not an, an offer. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. If you're wondering to yourself what the heck is a crap gimmick, because we haven't done it for a while, it's a segment we do here each and every Saturday, at least going forward into 2019, where you, the Swap Nation, send to us your crap gimmicks, and we review them as the bookers of crap gimmick wrestling and decide whether we want to sign them to our promotion. A bit like AEW, I suppose, but, you know, crap. Um, we- so the first one of 2019. It is the first one, yeah. Who's going to be the first signee of 2019? Um, Signees get their uh, trading cards done up by our great uh, Lewis Tillett, uh, who you can follow on Instagram at Lewis Tillett Art. And uh, if you want to send them across, it's Luke at WrestleTalk.com. Do have a backlog still in August 2018 of our backlog, so still many more to go. Uh, This one comes in from Stephen LaRoche-Imond. Mr. Jobber sends on August 4th. He sends in Mr. Jobber presents himself as the manager of new talent. With his brilliant mind, he creates a new gimmick for each town he goes to and tries to sell the idea of a hometown jobber. Because we all know we need jobbers in a wrestling promotion, so he's made this his job. That's where it starts to coming to pun work. Uh, for example, New York City, he brings a Statue of Liberty outfit. Uh, somewhere else, he brings something... Some, I like this. So what he's done is he's thought of one example, couldn't think of a second, and then it's just gone, he brings a Halloween costume. So yeah, for example, in New York City, he'll bring a Statue of Liberty outfit. Somewhere else, he brings a Halloween suit. Uh, every or time, a Hulk suit. Or a Hulk suit, yeah. What does that even come into it? <laughs> I don't know. Like the Hulkbuster. It was like, basically, because Bruce Banner couldn't fight in that uh, in the... Oh, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm fully familiar with what we're talking. I just don't get, get how it possibly <laughs> no, connects no. to local enhancement talent. Um, every time leading to weird backstage promos where the jobber never, never really bought into it, uh, but tries it anyway. There's some comedic potential there. Uh, I like the idea of a manager. So usually, you know, like the Kurt Hawkins losing streak, they cut, he comes out every week and he loses. So I bet the idea would be when he eventually wins, huge thing. And maybe you do the same with a with a manager. It's a manager always trying to find his first win. Yeah, could be. There's 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 potential there. I don't think it's very well fleshed out or explained though. Tommy Craig from August fifth suggests the lollipop man, Mr. Davis and Mr. Owen. This one pretty much writes itself. When he's not busy protecting the future of our country on their way to schools, he dons his fluorescent outfit and keeps the dastardly heels of the crap gimmick wrestling roster from crossing the road to victory. His finisher is the you can't cross face. He uses his lollipop as a weapon to win street fights and no DQ matches before he may lose his prized possession uh, and his and his the tool he uses to protect our nation's children in the fearsome lollipop on a pole match. Love the content, lads. Hope you enjoy it. That's from Tommy Craig in Glasgow. Yeah, is 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 a lollipop man or lady lollipop person? Is that a thing in America? I'd imagine the crossing guards. Yeah, I believe that's that. what it is. If you're confused, because the sign they hold in this country looks like a lollipop. Yeah, that's what I'm just going to quickly that. Google crossing guards. Yes, that yeah. would appear to be, yes. Uh, a lollipop lady they've got here on Wikipedia. Oh, or a, sexist. Or a crosswalk attendant. Oh, bloody... One's sexist and the other one's bloody 2PC. <laughs> uh, I, I quite right. like that gimmick, though. 
if only for the uh, you know crossing the road to victory. Uh, line. I I don't like crossing the road to victory. No, I think that's I think that's hackneyed. <laughs> okay, well I think you may like okay, our next one. Come on, this one Lay comes some in gold from on me. Sam Pemberton from August fifth. Captain Sales and Kraken, a babyface tag team slash trio. Captain Sales is a wrestler who adorns a classic pirate's outfit whilst working as a babyface. Uh, has heels tendency if he believes the audience member are recording his matches his matches because piracy isn't a joke mateys he often threatens them and other tag team wrestlers that if they don't toe in line they'll walk the plank and be fed to kraken his music is a jaunty pirate tune before it takes on a very serious major to minor key when kraken arrives kraken is two men awkwardly fit into a <laughs> giant blue octopus-esque costume with only one head hole so they could try and get away with him counting as just one wrestler with that wrestler wearing the kraken mask to cover his face so they can be uh, a tag team with Captain Sales. Most of the time, this isn't bought. See, this is where I'm going to skip over this because I think it's better if they're two wrestlers and the idea is that they are just one wrestler and they then team with Captain Sales as opposed to it gets a bit convoluted. Everyone bit. sells the fact that this is real rather yes, than exactly, the joke yeah. is that everyone knows. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to skip over some of this because I think it, you kind of work yourself too much. Editing on the fly. Yeah. I hope you like the gimmick. I love the show and watch every video I can. I'm trying to get a VIP ticket to see you guys destroy Cultaholic at Wrestling Media Con. <sighs> All the best, Sam. Well, that's dated. <laughs> uh, yes, I like this. I like this very much. I smirked a few times. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like my, my we've had a few week break from mm-hmm. crap gimmicks and that has because throughout the year I think everyone chipped away at what I thought crap quality was. So my bar went very low. <clears throat> but now it's back up. It's had it's had 3 weeks to recharge. I do like it, but I do, is it is it is it super good to get signed? I like it. I think the visual of a guy dressed as a pirate next to a guy in a octopus costume or a kraken costume. Mm. Um I think that's very funny. Okay. And it's crap. It is funny and it is crap. But that's like the only bit that I'm getting from this. Mm. Where's the? I like the pirate music and the piracy gag is great. But where's the move sets? Where's the? Where's the first feud? Things like that. I de- a developmental deal. Oh, okay. I'll well, be willing to go to developmental contract. Under developmental contract. And if you want to send in a question to the mailbag, all you have to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers at any dollar amount and leave your comments in the community section. Uh, this one comes in from Chris Jenkins. Hey, Luke and Ollie. Leroy Jenkins. Uh, what is the... Uh, what is... Does everyone know about these? Um, um, well, I brought it up in the um, the news. This is what Jenkins made for us. Some people These epic asked, hammers. Some people ask why are the names upside down or why the stick is upside down. They're not. It's because they're meant to be sort of presented like this. So you've got like hooks yeah. here to be hung up. So yeah, they actually are the right way up when you hold them, uh, when you hang them up rather. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he says, um, what is the one thing you are most excited for in a Royal Rumble match? Surprise entrance or cross promotional face offs? Ooh, oh, definitely surprise, surprise entrance. entrance. That's ne- not even close. Yes, a nostalgic entrance as yeah. well. Like that pop I had when Bubba Ray Dudley uh, had that oh. one spot in the Royal Rumble, and everyone was waiting. I was like, oh man, Devon's definitely going to be the next person. But then they just did the spots with our truth instead. I was like, mm. nah, he just found himself oh, a different good. black guy, I guess. Uh, the uh, Hurricane Helms from last year was a fantastic uh, nostalgic entrance. And I don't know why, the one always that stands out to me 
is Kevin Nash's Diesel. Oh, mate, yeah. When that music hits. It's Kofi's selling of it. Yeah. It's so oh, good. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is might be my favorite question we've ever been asked. Jack mm. Dolan, if you had to make a team of Power Rangers using only WWE wrestlers, who would your team be and what would their Zords be to make oh, the Megazords? Well, I don't know if I can go as far as Zords, but I can certainly... So what you, you've got, you've got Billy. You need a core the team Black of Black Ranger who does the... Billy's the Blue Ranger. The, the, Zach, Zach was the Black Ranger. Black Ranger. Uh, if we're going by Mighty Morphin. Uh, yeah, which I am. Yes. I, my my Power Rangers knowledge drops off pretty much. Yeah, when like, I, I got to, over I, the age I of get eight. To White Ranger, yeah. and then pre- if it's not Mighty Tommy. Morphin, yeah, if it's not Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, I'm not really on it. So I think uh, a good green, a, is. a good green to white Ranger would be Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, pink Ranger, Bailey. Yep. Yellow Ranger. I don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> You don't want to be like the casting of the original show. That's what the things... I I would go yellow. Yellow. Who's Alexa Bliss? I don't know, but she's... You kind of want baby faces for everyone, don't you? That's what I mean. You definitely want a baby face in there. Uh, An Ember Moon would be good Yellow Ranger. Yeah. Yeah. Natalia. Ronda Rousey! With the Kung... Not the Kung Fu. That's not what she does. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who else we got? We've got Jason... Jason who is well, red. Jason's He's the like red the ranger. leader. He's, exactly. So you want a good leader. So like John Cena would be. Like yeah, your, John your Cena. Is, uh, yeah, absolutely. Is there. And the Billy's but, the tech guy. Yeah, he's tech, he's the Donatello of your group. Mm. Um, so it would have been Sammy Callahan in these. Yeah, uh, Solomon Crow days. <laughs> yeah. Who is a, Who has a good nerdy ca- Sammy Zayn? Yeah, babyface Sammy Zayn. Well, Xavier Woods. He's, oh yeah, he's He'd a bit be good. nerdy. Yeah, He'd be good. he's very nerdy. Um, and then you got your your Black Ranger, who was your oh, dancer. Yeah. You got your dancing one. So what? That I mean, but I don't want to say yeah. our truth. <laughs> Carmella. Well, I was going to say Big E, but yeah, you could say Carmella, I suppose. Yeah, yeah that's gender why, bend. Why, is it? Why do we gender bend this? Why are we conforming ah, to ninety standards? Yeah, that well, the, the pink and yellow <laughs> have to be the lady characters, well, and their ethnic. Everyone's colors are also also their ethnicity. Fun fact for you: mm. the Yellow Ranger in the original, like the the Japanese footage, was actually a guy. Huh. That's why the Pink Ranger, Kimberly's, is the only one that's got a different visor because everyone else in the original show was a, a guy, and they they added another female character to it for the American scenes. Yellow's one of my favourite colours. Come at me, YouTube comment section. Uh, this is a great e- uh, message here from Diamond Crusader. Idea for a new segment called. Do you remember uh, how I come up with this? Lately, I started listening to your old Flickering Myth podcast since there aren't just enough podcast uh, content for uh, coming from you guys. Um, we about four shows a week. Yeah, well, some Ugh. people just want more. Uh, you said some funny stuff during those times, we and I kind of want to listen to you hearing things you said in the past that are funny. So here we go with the first edition of Do You Remember? Uh-oh. Do you remember Flickering Myth Podcast number 17? Ollie said he was totally into sexy cartoon bunnies with boobs and long legs. Lo- uh, <sighs> Luke even said Lola Bunny is Ollie's girlfriend. You both said Babs Bunny, but when I googled to see if it was the right character, it seems you meant Lola Bunny, which we did, because mm. Babs is actually from Tiny Toon Adventures. Uh, also, Luke said he was into 15-year-old cartoon Ariel. That might wow. have been when I was a child. Wow. Still? He's still into... Well, no, hard I mean, to like, shake those, <laughs> those childhood crushes. Which he's all grown up in uh, mm. Little Mermaid 2, I suppose. Yeah, but the cartoon 
the cartoon lady doesn't age, but you do. That's the great thing about Ariel and the Little Mermaid. I keep getting older. <laughs> she stays the same age. So yeah, so this was your. Um, it was after you watched Zootropolis for the yeah, first time, or yeah. Zootopia, I'd imagine, is for our American audiences. Or is it Zootropolis? Zootropolis here at Zootopia in the states. There you go. Yeah, I'm just going to because of apparently there's a German theme park or, yes, or something like that yeah they, they actually did explain it to me at a, a disney expo i went to but i can't remember mm. what it is but yes uh, but you were infatuated with um what's that what's her name uh, judy hops judy <laughs> you were infatuated with judy hops officer judy hops to you <laughs> god put her in a police outfit as well yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's just it's just a thing um, <laughs> that that was on over Christmas, oh, and yeah? uh, the I watched it with my girlfriend's family, all of the family, not just parents, and they were like, "Oh, this is pretty good." And I was like, yeah, "I know, right?" And, and Judy Hopps is, and they all came flooding oh, back. Man. I'm in love with this bunny, this yeah. animated bunny. I a bought the little tail. That I bought pops you through. a. Yeah. <laughs> I bought you a Judy Hopps um, plush, I believe, uh, for Christmas one did, year yeah. with, uh, that said lines and everything from the movie. I bought that. Not there. Where is it? Uh, is, it is it in the old studio? No, Can I we... don't know where it is. Thought it's I not, it's it not here. Might be in the old studio. Oh, mate. I, I, spent, I bought that from a beach in Thailand because I suddenly had this idea because I, we uh, I was coming back from Thailand. You mean you bought it from Amazon? Yes, while I was on a beach no, in Thailand. No, you can't say that. Well, I, well, I did because I was on a beach in Thailand. I think that makes that set, makes it sound like there was someone selling oh, them on the beach. Oh, I see what you're beach. saying. Sorry, no, that's not what I meant. No. no, the idea was that I was on my holiday and I knew that when I got back we were going to be recording the Christmas episode mm. of, the, of the podcast. So I bought it on Amazon while I was on a beach in Thailand. It was when I got engaged. Uh, not the same day. And, and it arrived at my house just in time for me to give it to you as a present. I was so, as I had this idea and I was like, that's brilliant. That's a great gift. I'm going to order that now before I forget. I think it's very important to to make clear that people might be watching this, hearing this news for the first time going, wow, I bet he likes Playboy bunnies then. No, I don't. They're too much like humans. It's got to, and I don't, not real life bunnies either. No. It's animated anthropomorphized bunnies. Yes. So it that's is. My, that's it's my. It's Judy Hopps and Lola Bunny. Yeah, I like they're the sort of the two classic There's examples. There's also the Dairy Milk, or is it the Cadbury's? The Cadbury's Bunny. Bunny. Yeah, but she is so overly sexualized. I think maybe that's where this all came from. Yeah, yeah. Well, Space Jam as well being a part of it. They linger on her butt. Well, in that, that movie, and they did give her bunny boobies. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. So really. If anything, it's Warner Brothers that are to blame for this. It's Warner Brothers and Cadbury's that are yeah. to blame for this. Who who uh, who sent that in? Uh, that came in from Diamond Crusher. Crusader. Crusader. So we're not going to listen back to all our old stuff. So please feel th- free to, to send in more stupid things yeah, we've sent. Do you remember? I do feel like we have to do an agony arts. I know you're Go you on. we push time because there are 28 emails in my folder. Mm. There are no emails in any of the other folders, with the exception of Poetry Corner. Let's and help the SWAF nation then. So I'm going to pick one because they've got so many in. I'm going to pick one at random. Remember that thing you said about pre-reading emails? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Let's have a look at what this one's got to say. Obviously, it comes in from Vacant. Hey, just wanted to do my part for the Agony Arts segment. A couple of years ago, one night, I was about to propose to my girlfriend when my mate's roommate, Joseph, barged into the porch out of nowhere, tripped and fell over, breaking a glass table with his face. Oh, my God. the mood. Now, I didn't know that... I didn't know Joseph... (laughs) Is he okay? Well, we'll get to... I don't want to laugh too much. Here we go. Well, now, I didn't know Joseph that well. Don't even remember where he was from. But let's just say I put my plans on hold to help him through his injuries. Joseph has gotten big glass shards in his eyes, making him completely blind in that eye. He was walking around with one of those cotton pads on his eye for a couple of months. Then suddenly he disappeared, along with my girlfriend. Apparently they bonded during this time after his injuries and eloped together. Left me behind without so much as a note. I tried to track them down, but never could. In conclusion... If it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe, I'd been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? I bought into that. <laughs> I was I was worked. Uh, he said, "I know it's not an eighteen plus joke, so Ollie probably won't laugh." No, I'm just angry. <laughs> I'm just angry. You took me down that emotional alleyway yeah. and mugged me. I feel bad as well because people genuinely send in like proper. Um, yeah, requesting. great random choice. <laughs> it really was. I did pick that one at random. Uh, let's see where this one is. It comes in from. Uh, I felt awful about laughing. That is a funny visual for someone when someone is trying to propose, trip over and fall face first into a glass table. Well, and I laughed at that. And then you said he nearly went blind. I felt bad. Yeah. Damn. I well, I didn't see the joke coming either. No. But it's no, good- I'm not. I'm not angry at you. I'm angry. At- who, what's what's their name? Well, they were from. Facebook, they were anonymous. Yeah. Anonymous is banned. <laughs> this one also comes in for anonymous. Uh, I emailed in a while back about my job that had me in such a rut. I didn't see myself going anywhere. I think this is a real one. Don't worry. I finally quit the retail job that was getting me down, and I've started working at a community bank with substantial pay increase and great benefit. Thanks for the advice, guys. So that was a oh, follow good. up. Um, so that was us doing good. That was that's us stuff good. Doing good again. I'm, I'm picking these at random, and apparently I'm doing a very bad job of well, this. That was a good one. That was we, a good one. We, you know, we we make a difference in people's lives with that terrible advice. Well, let's see how we get on with this one. This one obviously comes in from anonymous from vacant. Dear Luke and Ollie, well, how can I start? I am a 16 year old girl, and I have a bit of a problem which I'm not sure how to handle. My 16 year old boyfriend is dying from a heart condition which the doctors cannot seem to diagnose, and his what? parents will not seem to admit to. Is this? Is this a joke one? Is it real? I don't, I don't want to be heartbroken again. Uh, well, from what I can gather, because I'm just sort of scan reading this, it does appear to be a real Ooh, one. Geez. I'm very sorry to hear that. He's in very good shape and extremely healthy as he used to participate in long distance running and boxing, so the heart condition is not caused from being unfit. Over the last 13 months, his health has, de- his health has deteriorized massively to the point now where he is struggling to stay alive. For started, his heart rate and blood pressures are dangerously high. And it all goes into some of the medical stuff there. Another problem we are facing is the fact that his parents believe he is over-dramatizing? Over-dramatizing? Is that what you'd say? Yeah. He's over-dramatizing? Maybe he's over-dramatizing. Over-dramatizing the situation. They don't think there's anything wrong with him. I have listened to them talk to him when he brings up the situation. And it's uh, sickening to the total disregard they have for the situation. They are convinced he has anxiety and refuses to believe it's anything more. After hearing some of the background knowledge, can you please help me? I don't know how to support him, especially because his parents refuse to believe that. Uh, believe him. Is there any... Uh, believe there's anything wrong with him. Um, also, how can we talk to his parents and explain to them that it's not just having anxiety attacks. This is a serious issue. I know, Ollie, you just think this is puppy love but i do love him and i can't bear to lose him any help would be appreciated i love the show you're doing such an amazing job that comes from anonymous sorry for any grammatical uh, mistakes it was actually a very well written email um the uh I, I, i've got nothing against puppy love 
feel, I don't want to go down the route of puppy love again. Well, do you want to go down the route? Do you want to go down the route of bunny love? Mm. And yes, please. <laughs> so this is a serious email. This I should, is a serious I should email. have made a joke. So uh, you're both 16. You are both legally classed as adults. You can, I mean, uh, what, may I just have a look at the, the medical description stuff? Uh, absolutely, yeah. So do you want me to read this bit? So for starters, his heart rate and blood pressure are dangerously high. To lower them, exercise is needed. However, if he does participate in exercise, he is at risk of fainting all the way up to having cardiac arrest. There are many, many more symptoms to this complex heart issue, not to mention the mental side of the illness, but I'm trying to keep this email short. Multiple times in the last two months, 999 has had to be called out due to severe cardiac arrest symptoms. I mean, I... I, I I feel like a few more details are needed because I had uh, I know several people like this, family, friends, and whatnot, who have had similar things, and it has been linked to psychosomatic problems and stuff like anxiety, depression. So I mean, but the, that's not to say that the parents just dismissing it mm-hmm. as he'll get over it. He's just a bit worried about something. That's not the right way to to go. But if if you're having like all these nine 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 calls and they're not giving you medicine and like beta blockers to lower those heart rates. Like the, the the parents can't argue with the doctors. Well, that's it. But is it a case that the doctors aren't providing that information? Like it almost feels like you need to have a doctor's appointment with your yeah. parents there, or with the parents there, I should say, so they can kind of hear it firsthand from a, a doctor who can kind of sort of tell them these things. Yeah. And yeah. and explain to them that this isn't, you know, it, or if it is anxiety related, you know, they'll be the ones, they're the, the medical professionals, but they'll also be the medical professionals that can help mm. and, and sort of like, you know, offer up some advice for this sort of thing. And if, because denial is totally a thing. And if the parents are like, well, we won't, you know, we, we still can't hear it. You, you, you're fine because they're just, they can't deal with this horrible situation. Then, like I said, you're you're at you're actually legal adults. You can just go to a doctor's appointment by yourselves yeah. and get some feedback on what to do. It it sounds like you don't have enough information to, to how to cope with this because yeah. they should be able to help. That that's it. Yeah, it's sort of like the, the email sort of goes from like the dying of a heart condition to just fainting or like you know the heart rate goes up a little bit if they exercise mm. too much so it almost feels like there's, there's so much sort of conflicting information within this email that yeah going to a doctor and getting some solid advice from them and that that was going to be my advice really was to get a sort out a doctor's appointment on your own go to see your gp they'll be able to refer you then to a doctor and you can go get that advice and get and you know have everything you need to be able to present a better case um uh, also you know um, how google offers you uh, replies, mm, yeah, options. auto replies, auto replies. And that is a that's a email that is filled with words like dying and heart condition, this, that, and the other. The options are, I was given was I think it's perfect. <laughs> what are the other ones? Um, I agree with you. Looks good to me. Dancing lady emoji. <laughs> I think it's probably because the the last word or the last part of the sentence says sorry. Mm. So I'd imagine that it's like we've seen that word there. So looks perfect to me. Oh Google. oh, Google. I love you, uh, information overlords, but, you know, you're not quite there yet. People are afraid of Skynet. They can't even work out how to respond to a very complex email yet. I Robots are stupid. I love that whole thing of just the, you know, um, when you have to do capture forms and mm. it's like, can you recognize the signs in this image? And, or can you recognize the cars in this image? That's actually just information that they're passing then onto self-driving cars to kind of help them learn where signs are or what cars are. But, someone has, but someone has just said, because you can click anything on those images and press submit and it'll be fine. It doesn't, you're not actually being tested. So people are saying like, if you're just clicking any image, 
Like you are not helping these self-drive cars. Every time you click the wrong image, you are killing a person. I watched a video of a Tesla or an automatic drive mode going like 70 miles an hour down the freeway and there was a crash right in front of it and it braked so fast it, and it you could say it broke it broke so fast that doesn't make no, sense no, maybe it is braked it got so close to the the car in front but didn't touch it and i was like I'm sold now. Oh yeah, is I that what you one. were worried about? That's what I was waiting for. I I don't. I was thinking about this when I was driving uh, quite recently. That I because I'm in control of the car. Mm. I don't think I haven't been a passenger in a car for years. On like a long distance thing because my wife does drive, but I do I, I do all the heavy lifting because I like driving. Um, so I haven't I've not been a passenger in a long journey for a long long time, like multiple years. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could be comfortable enough to just not want to take the wheel and do it myself. Yeah, well, you know, you're a relic. <laughs> you are a relic. You are right. You're that guy in the photos of New York City in the in the 30s where there's cars, cool people in cars, or those little car carriages riding down the street. You're the loser on a horse. <laughs> That's what you are. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be like playing on my Switch, kicking back in my giant sofa of a car, mm -hmm. and you're going to be there still driving like a, just, just someone who doesn't know how to work a computer. <laughs> I think I'll still have a lovely time. Let's end off with a joke. This comes, this comes from... If it lets me. <laughs> this comes Alexa, ram that car. <laughs> This comes to did I tell you about um, my parents? I know we're overrunning here because Laurie needs to come and actually do his news. Mm. But um, my parents, Alexa, just randomly uh, when we were playing game, just said like, "I'm fine, thanks for asking." Passive aggressive. Well, it just feels like it's it's always on, it's always listening, it's just recording information. That's a little bit terrifying. Anyway, this uh, joke comes in from James. Why don't blind people skydive? Because it scares the crap out of their dogs. I think that's not very nice compared, like because I was just made to feel bad about laughing at someone. That's true. Was yeah, blind, you were. So. Uh, imagine if Americans switched from pounds to kilograms overnight. There would be mass confusion. That comes in from Stu. That is all we've got time for on this show. Thank you all for your correspondence. You may have picked up from my tone. I don't have any Rusev haze or get betters or confessions or just general emails. We are just stacked of agony art. And I mean, maybe we could just do a whole series of agony arts to try and clear through some of this blockage. But thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Um, there won't be a review of Takeover. But we'll be back for the Royal. We might talk about it a bit. We could talk about it a bit in somewhere. In podcast intro, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but we'll be doing Raw and SmackDown at the very least. So have a good weekend. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.